Welcome to Raspberry Tea Pod Chat. I'm Claire. I'm Claire. And I'm Jo. <laughs> CCJ. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Um, this is a slightly different Raspberry Tea Pod Chat in a sense, because we're going to tackle a subject that's, I don't know, some people might say sensitive with it being mental health, but around anxiety and depression. And Lots of reasons for this one coming up. You know, the world is, some parts of the world are still in lockdown. The UK is coming out of lockdown now. Um, and the last 12 months will have had a significant effect on many people's mental health. More generally as well, um, you know, some people live with mental health issues all their lives. Um, some people have them and work their way through them. Um, so we just wanted to talk about it. Is there anything anybody wants to say at this moment? Personally, like the when I saw this topic uh, come up in the discussion we had beforehand, I think the anxiety is going to be quite prevalent at the moment because a lot of people have either been sheltering isolating they've kept themselves to themselves and now we're able to go out more and more places and obviously in england from today we can go inside pubs and um place restaurants and things like that so i think there's going to be some increased anxiety where people have been hermits i like to call it <laughs> kept themselves away from things and then going back out because you can control who you meet if you're in a small circle like Claire, you and I have had a couple of business meetings face-to-face because we've been able to do that since April and I've met one other business contact like that. But I deliberately count myself away from many people and I'm certainly not interested in going to any, for example, in-person networking meetings just yet. I don't think that's an anxiety for me personally. That's more of a conscious choice. Uh, But I think there's a lot of people who are anxious about getting back to a normality of being out and about and going about daily lives i think you're you're absolutely right i think people starting to go back to work um so i was diagnosed with depression 25 26 years ago i'm now 50 um mine i don't hide this at all i'm quite open about it because i always think that if one person sharing something helps other people either to think I'm not on my own, actually, there are other people that go through this, um, then, you know, it's it's a bonus and you kind of think, well, yeah, that's, that's going to help people. That's absolutely it. So mine was diagnosed, um, I had a termination um, and I was diagnosed with what they thought was postnatal depression um, when the baby would have been due. So slightly after when the baby would have been due. Um, I just remember being in the office on that particular day and I couldn't take it anymore. I think we've talked about this in, in another pod chat previously, but for those that haven't heard it, it just literally hit me. I had one person talking at me from my left, one person talking at me from the right, and I just literally slammed my hands on the desk and said, will you shut up? Um, rolled my chair back, turned and looked at my line manager and said, I'm going to the doctors. Walked into the doctor's surgery and that was the last time that I was in that office for three months. And that was the first time. And I literally walked into that surgery and it was round about half past one-ish, I think. And the doctors would have finished morning surgery. They'd be doing the calls. She said, nobody was available. 
and I literally collapsed in a heap on the floor. And she came round and had a word and said, look, I'll, I'll see if there's somebody available. And that was it, all came out then. And it's taken a long, long time for it to level itself out, I guess. You know, Claire said some people seem to be able to work through these things easier than others, and they do, absolutely. Um, but depression is a, a chemical that's missing from your body. And without putting that chemical back in and then dealing with the root cause, because depression can show itself in so many different ways. You know, it might not be what you think it is. It might manifest itself in a different way completely. So there's always root causes to be worked through and to be managed and dealt with. Um, but I think you're absolutely right, because I can remember that moment, the first moment going back into the office after having three months off. And I'd kept myself to myself. I'd even unplugged my phone at home at one point because I couldn't talk to anyone. Now, it's a slightly different situation that people will potentially be in getting ready to go back to work now. But as you say, they've, they've lived like a hermit. Many people have. And the thought of going back into an office, I can't tell you the anxiety that I had. I stood outside the office door and had to ring somebody to say, can you come and get me? I can't walk through the door. And I just know that that isn't, you know, the only experience that I had, that, that people are going to have that experience people will feel that way. And indeed, people will feel that way about going out into the world. I think that, I mean, you know, as you know, I'm a clinically trained mental health therapist. I've not practiced for a number of years now, but I, I have been in the past. Um, there are different types of depression. And, yeah. you know, depression can be genetic and it can be lifelong and it can need medication forever and that doesn't matter there's no no shame and no harm as you said it is a chemical imbalance yeah. and if your brain and your body is not capable of remaking that chemical or making it in the first place then you are going to need medication for the rest of your life yeah for me I went through depression in my very early 20s um, I was in a bad relationship um I didn't know I was depressed depression wasn't talked about yeah you know going back 30 years um I remember going to the doctors one day and saying I was ill and then saying actually you're not we wonder if you're depressed like it, it, I couldn't even contemplate that it wasn't a word I knew it wasn't a word I understood there was a stigma around mm. the word as well at that point and I just went absolutely not and I walked out of the doctors that you know, I was in a bad relationship, and I remember getting to the point where I would go to work, and that's all I wanted to do. I'd go and see my parents. Yeah, if I had to walk to the shop. I would think that I would repulse people who saw me walking to the shop yeah. to the point I would make them ill, and therefore I shouldn't leave the house. Yeah, because I was such an awful person in every way. Yeah, um, and it, you know. I didn't seek any doctor's help. I think I talked myself into that position because of the relationship, yeah. that way of thinking. It was a mindset depression as opposed to a, a, a genetic sort of chemical type depression. There are different types, as I've said. And it took me about, probably about 10 years, I think, to completely get out of that. I pulled myself out of the relationship so that obviously helped a massive amount yeah um because I, I sort of I, you know sounds very very serious now but it was the decision of do I kill myself yeah or do I leave 
yeah and the decision was I'll leave because I'm not doing that to everybody um it wasn't about me not doing it to me it was me leaving the people behind and what they'd have to go through um so you know there are different types of depression and thank god it's talked about so much more now yeah you know thank god it's acceptable for people to be on medication and thank god the medication has changed as well yeah so you're not completely zombied out like you were years ago and i think anxiety and depression can go hand in hand and i think they can go very separately some people who have anxiety and very high levels of anxiety aren't depressed Mm -hmm. but some people who are depressed also suffer from anxiety and I think you're right I think the current situation is going to highlight any issues anybody's got and make them so much worse yeah you know from today we can hug people we're recording this on the 17th 17th of May um it's not going to go out when you're listening to this it'll be sort of after the 9th of June but we're recording this um today and yes I am looking forward to being able to hug people you know um Carl's mum and dad (laughs) Carl's mum and dad came over at the weekend to show us their new car his mum's got very serious dementia um we walked back to the car outside she held my hand I can't tell her not to I didn't give her a hug and she finds that very strange you know and all right that was two days before it was lifted arguments are does that two days matter Mm. I didn't I didn't feel I should do it you know what I mean but yeah it's it's a weird one and it and I think people who are feeling anxious need to talk about it I think they need to tell people like you've just said you rang somebody and said, can you come and get me? I can't walk in on my own. Yeah, yeah. There is no harm in saying to somebody, I feel anxious in this situation. Yeah. I've got goosebumps now, even thinking back over all of this and thinking, yeah. do you know what? If this pod chat helps in any way to help people acknowledge the issue. Mm. The sad thing is during lockdown, I do know of one person who took their own life during lockdown. Um, They'd had issues for quite some time. Whether lockdown made that worse or not, we'll never know. Um, But there have been a lot of people who sadly in the circumstances, because they've not necessarily been able to get out to see the people to get the help that they would have done. Um, This actual pod chat came about because Claire and I had a conversation last week where I hadn't been able to get my medication. it's not the first time during lockdown because when lockdown first came about, um, I was unable to get the medication that I'm on that have been on for quite some time now. It's a specific one. Um, and because of the backlog, because there was so much pressure on the GPs trying to give out and prescribe the medication, they couldn't get the antidepressants into the country and things were just so tight. And of course, then you do get, you know, you get that sense of anxiety because I don't necessarily, I've done an awful lot of self-development work. I've done an awful lot of work on the the inner me and, you know, the the things that I've had going on in the past I've I've managed to work through, which meant that when I didn't get my medication, it wasn't that I was feeling the way that I used to. I wasn't bursting into tears. I wasn't getting stroppy, but it was the side effects of coming off the medication. And I literally had to go cold turkey Mm. because there was a delay at the GP surgery at the practice. And I think it was five days I had to go without 
Now, my medication is out of your system within seven hours. Yeah. So that was one heck of a thing for me. And I kept going and I kept going. I didn't tell you, did I, until oh, it was didn't. a point where it was. And, and because I, I mean, I have dealt with quite a lot in the last week that normally I would have gone into a rampage. I would have thrown my toys out of my pram completely. So I do know I'm starting to work on all those under issues. Claire's just saying she can't imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> but funniest thing ever. But, you know, it, it's like, please, please, there is... Yeah. There is sadly still a little bit of a stigma around it. And I think there always will, as there always will be something that people don't perceive as normal. The other, thing, the other thing, Joe, just to, I know I'm interrupting, but I, um, as I said, out of depression, luckily I've never gone back into it. That was in my very early twenties. Now, when I hit 45, I thought I was going mad. Yeah. I honestly thought I was going mad. It was like somebody else was in my brain. I wasn't in control. And my body changed shape as well. I went round. I'd always had a very flat tummy and I went very round. And I was like, this is, you know, am I called Mary? What's going on? Um, and I went to the doctors and she said, you're, you're heading into the menopause. And um, she she prescribed me some anti-anxiety medication. And took effect within a couple of days. It was brilliant. I started feeling better. But after a couple of weeks, it stopped being as effective. And I went back and I had to see a different doctor because I needed to go back quite quickly. And this doctor said to me, are you having suicidal thoughts? I thought that was the most bizarre thing to say to me, but I guess she had to ask it. Yeah. And they just upped it by, you know, whatever it is, five milligrams or two and a half milligrams or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I stayed on that for about 18 months. Now, after a year, I tried to come off it. I, I wheedled myself down a little bit. Yeah. And it came back. The, the weird <laughs> sensation in my head came back. After about 18 months, it might have been close to two years, I can't remember, I very, very gradually reduced the dose and I came off it and I've been absolutely fine since. Yeah. So lots of things can affect us. You know, it can be a very temporary bout of anxiety linked to hormones, particularly for women, yeah. um, to do with the menopause, to do with a change in life, changing circumstances. It can be any reason or you're feeling anxious or becoming depressed it's not always something you can do anything about no but you, you need to talk to people and I think if you've nobody in your life you can talk to particularly if it's about you know if you can't say to somebody I'm worried about coming back into the office you need to tell your family or you need to go and see a doctor or you need you just need to talk to anybody you can because people will support you because there's so much more understanding now. I think businesses, whilst they've been in lockdown, businesses have done an awful lot um, around mental health awareness yeah. and around making sure that, albeit it could be on Zoom meetings, but making sure they are touching base. I hate that phrase, but it was um, just, you know, picking up with their staff as, as the time has gone on. So, you know, they are absolutely aware of it. And there is so much more. There's, there's mental health awareness. Um, what can I call them? Representatives? counsellors or whatever they are in not counsellors because that's completely different um representatives and um across businesses now 
which was just starting as I was made redundant and I did actually put myself forward obviously for that um but yeah I'm I'll be interested to see how things progress and how things develop and do hope genuinely that people do seek the help that they need you know if you start feeling like that and I know that I've overtaken this one completely so apologies I'll I'll sit back for now <laughs> I've just got, think... got something very valid to offer and you've got that perspective that I certainly haven't got and I think I've been very down at times during my life um, but I don't think I've ever got to being actually depressed. Yeah. I have noticed for the past definitely six months, maybe a year, hormonally I think, because it happens every three to four weeks, I have a little mini meltdown and I, I self-doubt. I, I, everything seems bigger. I get worried about what other people think of me or what I'm doing. Is it going to work? Can I, can I still do what I'm doing? It might last a few hours. It might last a day. It might last overnight. I usually have a conversation with Claire and it's like, no, I've clipped around the back of the head in a very loving way. It's like, talk you back round to it. But I noticed the physical sort of things to do with hormones obviously we're three women here and I think a lot of our audience are female not exclusively and I'm sure guys have hormone issues as well but they're just not out and maybe they should be the men need to hear this anyway because they need to understand women so yeah I know I know sort of the week before that time of the month I'm clumsy as like oh my god I drop everything I, I, for some time, reason, lose my intelligence and become just thick. And, and, and you don't realise it when, you, when you're in the moment. I just, you don't. if I drop three or four things, like, oh, right, yeah, what date is it? All oh, right, okay. But I never, it's now thinking about this conversation, and you mentioned hormones a little bit ago. I thought, actually, it has got worse, sort of. I mean, I'm, I'm 44 now. So I don't know when menopause may or may not start. But I've definitely noticed an increase in the hormones that make me seem more anxious about situations that I could normally reason myself out of. Mm. And I think that's really a really good point. Back. Yeah. That's a really good point. This is a moving target. Mm. It's yeah. a constant moving target. Because you've never had anxiety or you've never had depression or you've never suffered from your hormones does not mean you won't. No. You know, it's these things can happen to anybody at any point in life. And the important thing is to, if you're not feeling like you, tell somebody, ask mm. if you're acting differently. Talk to a health professional, whether that's your GP or a, a helpline, you know, there's, there's lots of telephone helplines out there um, and some very specific ones as well for different groups of society. Um, but don't think because it's you've never had anything in the past, it's not happening to you. Don't yeah. drive yourself mad wondering what's going on. Yeah. Talk to somebody and find out because I honestly thought I was cracking up when I was 45. I genuinely thought I was cracking up. Yeah. I really did. And there was a friend who said, it sounds to me like a massive hormonal imbalance. I think you should go to see your GP. Mm. And that's what led me to go and see my GP. And, and you know, I was, and still am, in the wonderful stages of 
you know, going through that session that every woman goes through. So, so I've got one friend, you both, well, yes, you do both now, um, a wonderful Angela, who went through the menopause and never knew anything about it. Her periods just stopped and that was that. She was through it. Never noticed a thing. We're up and down and all over the flipping place, aren't we? I've been suffering for eight years and it continues. And, yes. and, and then I come in and it's like, yeah, go three months with nothing, thinking, come on, come on, month four. Oh, there it is. <laughs> and it's just like complete crazy chaos. There is still possibility at the age of 50, I could have a child. Who knows? Um, but that's I'll bring that slightly... on the world. <laughs> so all right, nobody's offered yet. <laughs> But that's slightly off topic, slightly off piece. I think maybe menopause is something that we could do a pod chat on. We have um, talked about we've talked about approaching menopause before, yeah, but we have. And an age thing as well. It's we sort of built it. Uh, it's obviously a big topic at the minute because obviously seventeenth of May today. Last week, Davina McCall put a program yeah. about menopause and the lack of support that's out there for it, and also the fact that ladies are going to their GPs now with menopausal symptoms and being diagnosed with antidepressants because GPs aren't necessarily, I mean, they are general practitioners at the end of the day. They can't know everything and we have to accept that. But there is so much of a lack of knowledge around it that it's almost like depression is being used as a, a tool, which yes, the antidepressants can help in a certain way, but it, it's not actually dealing with again with the root cause which is the hormonal and the, the menopause if they put me if they put me on antidepressants it wouldn't have helped me at all because it was anxiety yeah and, and, and my gp recognized it straight away and said you need an anti-anxiety medication yeah um, i don't think an, an antidepressant would have helped me at all at that stage and Very different drugs i think i was on at least three antidepressants when I first got diagnosed before I found the one that really did yeah. work and yeah. my, it was my sister-in-law that said to me try the ones that your dad's on because my dad is on antidepressants has been for many years mum is my sister now is um, and that you know that goes back to dad's childhood we think yeah. as well and he was diagnosed very very much later in life um, but yeah, it was it was something to do with the the genes and everything else and the way your body's built. And it was just her her comment saying, "Try the ones that your dad's on." Um, and at the time, they were one of the most expensive, <laughs> typical um, on the NHS. And and I went into and my GP at that time was fantastic. She was ringing me in the evenings to make sure I was all right if she was still late in the practice because it was coming up to winter. Um, and another thing that you kind of consider as well is seasonal affective disorder. Mm -hmm. And I get that terribly, um, lacking vitamin D, not getting out and seeing the sunlight, not getting out and seeing the sunshine, that can affect you as well. So whilst we can't give medical advice and medical guidance, there are a few things that you can do to, to help you feel better within it. Um, but I, having said that, I know at one point I was so paranoid, as Claire said, about walking down the street, mm -hmm. she thought people would be repulsed by her. Yeah. I lived in a block of flats. I couldn't even go and put my bin in the communal area where the bins were. Mm -hmm. I was that paranoid that people were looking at me. Now, they didn't know me from Adam. You know, the people that I wanted what, to walk it? What, it does to your mind. Oh, it's, it's just incredible. Um, but when you get the right medication, so again, if you are on medication, it takes a while for them to get into your system. If you are on medication and it doesn't feel as if it's making any difference, 
the GPs will have the patients, they have the knowledge, they will try other medications. Well, and it's not only if it's not if it doesn't feel like it's making a difference, if it makes you feel flat, yeah, it makes you feel zombie does zombified a, a, a lot of my <laughs> therapy clients used to say it made them feel like a zombie yeah the others it used to make them feel flat like they've got no personality was it Prozac that people used to go on to many years ago there's the, yeah I mean that was a very prevalent one at one stage but there's there's so many different ones um and and you know if you don't feel right if you don't feel like you it is worth talking to your GP and seeing if there's a different one you could try yeah. Because very often it is trial and error. I mean, after my accident, I've ended up on blood pressure tablets because I was so fit and so active. And then I've gone to being able to hardly be able to do anything. Um, and so I've I've had, I think I've had about three or four different blood pressure tablets to find yeah. the one that suits me. Yeah. Um, so it's not only with antidepressants or anti-anxiety drugs, it can be with anything. If it doesn't feel right, go back to your GP. If it's something you're going to have to take long term, go back to your GP and discuss it with them. That will be brilliant. I, I've accepted that I will be on these for quite some time yeah. to come. Um, one thing I would say, and we've, we've touched on it, is if you are thinking that you are feeling better, some people are very, very tempted just to go cold turkey like that. Do not. Don't even consider it because you need to just reduce them gradually to get your body used to it. And, you know, you don't actually know without Googling it, and please don't do that. Um, you don't know how long it takes for those, those medications to come out of your system. I know for a fact that mine is very, very quick. Um, and I'm on the, the prolonged release ones, actually. I take one morning and one at night. Um, and I know now that I have to do that, but it has taken a long time to get used to it. I know when I don't even take one tablet, I get this awful whooshing sensation in my head. It is just the most off balancing and uncomfortable thing. You can't even blink. And even when you, you're laid in bed at night, turning your head, you just hear this whoosh, whoosh, and it's just horrible. And I, I just, you know, as I say, I didn't feel as if I was gonna burst into tears or rant and rave about anything this last time but do not take yourself off them. Just come off any medication like that. Well, do the thing is, people, people take them and if they're working, they feel better. Yeah. So then you think, I don't need them anymore, but the reason you feel better is because you're taking, taking tablets. Yeah. It's like antibiotics, isn't it? You know, you get a course yeah. of 10 days of antibiotics, day seven, oh, I'm all better, my swelling's gone down, whatever. It's like, no, keep taking it yeah. till the end of the course. But I mean, you know, we're three business owners here. Um, I have the support from you ladies. I have the support here at home. There are many people who aren't in such a fortunate position, but do still have the businesses to work through. Um, the last 12 months has probably made things a lot more difficult and people have had to, if they haven't been able to pivot, they've had to just accept almost and then start rebuilding from where we are now. And if you don't have that support, again, that is even more crucial because anything can then feel as if it's gonna land on top of you. Um, I can remember one of my old line managers, I think I've said this before, he used to say, I don't hear anything from you for months and months and months. And then all of a sudden, it's like the world's collapsed and the world is the worst place to be. And he didn't get that there was the hormonal issues on top of the depression, on top of the pressure, on top of everything else. And as women in particular, we have that on an ongoing basis as well. It's just like not saying our lives are any harder than men's, but 
Could you imagine them going through pregnancy? <laughs> or menopause. No offence, guys, but you see, there is a male menopause, though. I think there's definitely not, a male menopause. Not quite the same as ours. <laughs> from, from, when, from when I did live at home with, with, with like my dad and my brother and things. Yeah. It seems to be every three months. Oh, is it? <laughs> well, it, it, to, to, to them it did. There'd be like some inexplicable mood or something or whatever and it's be like oh it's time at month for you is it one well, one guy i used to work for at the university his were every two every two months you could you yeah, know, it's, it's, work it's, around it though if you know it's coming can't you? <laughs> we all as human beings we all have hormones yeah. they are so delicately balanced it's unbelievable we we take ourselves for granted in a lot of ways yeah anyway Anyway, so please, I think the, the, the ultimate message from this is depression exists for many different reasons, for many different people. It can come and go. It can be there for a long time. Anxiety is acceptable. You are allowed to feel anxious about any situation you may be in or find yourself in. Medication or not, please speak to somebody, your best friend, a stranger, whatever it is, just speak to somebody. You are not on your own. Lots of people feel like this at different times or all the time, in fact. Just reach out to any one of us. You're more than welcome. Uh, if you've got anything to comment, anything to say about your experience or anything that's helped you or, or anything you'd like to share, please comment on the Facebook post. It will be there on the day this podcast is released. And as always, if you think there's somebody else that can help, then please share it. And that's on that note, it. ladies, then <laughs> it's time for a brew. Bye. Bye. Bye.